A farmer's time is valuable. That's why Blaine's Farm and Fleet has made shopping for your must-haves quick and easy. Simply order online at farmandfleet.com and pick up your items in just one hour in their convenient drive-thru. Or try Farm and Fleet's same-day local delivery option. Can you feel it? Roses are red, violets are blue, and you bet she'll be talking farming with you. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Well, I'll tell you what, if you're going to be outside today, chances are your extremities could get red and maybe blue if you're out there a little too long. Welcome in, everybody. It's a Thursday. Fabulous Farm Bay PM Yankee. Glad to keep you up to date on what's happening not only with food news from across the state, but also what's happening with weather. And for this morning, a lot of our listening area audience has wind chill advisories in effect. Today, we could see temperatures drop as low as 25 below zero with that wind chill factored in. Uh, cloudy skies are what we're going to see across most of the state today. No better than 12 above as far as a temperature. And again, like I said, that's not factoring in the winds. Tomorrow, mostly sunny and 11 degrees. Saturday, we warm up a little bit, but you probably won't notice. Cloudy skies on Saturday, 32 degrees are expected high. And this uh, below freezing weather continues well into next week. Stumacher Ag Meteorologist has those details. And this morning, Andy Fallman from the Everag Group in Chicago joining us live to give us an update on what's happening with the markets. Uh, today, we're seeing corn, soybeans, and wheat, as well as our dairy complex right now, all trading lower. Andy will have some answers for us coming up. Start off the new year strong by participating in the Dairy Business Association's annual Dairy Strong Conference, January 19th and 20th at the Monona Terrace in Madison. Dairy Strong brings together a wide variety of management philosophies and allows you to explore innovative ideas. At Dairy Strong, surround yourself with forward-thinking farmers and business owners. Register for the Dairy Business Association's annual Dairy Strong Conference at dairyforward.com. Virtual options are also available. Let's keep Dairy Strong. In the livestock business, we're talking cattle and pork. They get the headlines. But what about that third major species? We're talking sheep and lambs. What's going on with the demand for lambs? Is the flock growing or shrinking in this country and there? And you've got the latest on what's going on with the lamb industry, didn't you? Yeah, I did. And actually, I learned that the sheep industry is pretty hot right now. They're kind of on an upswing. Aaron Zimmerman here at the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. And I had the chance to talk with talk to Susan Schultz. She's part of the American sheep industry. And we talked about that lamb demand is up, wool demand overall is up, and things are going pretty good in the sheep industry right now. First, we talked about the what things look like in the state of Wisconsin and around the nation as far as the sheep herd goes. Well, uh, Wisconsin actually has a lot of sheep, and uh, we have some wonderful producers that hail from uh, Wisconsin. Uh, the sheep industry is really on an upswing. We have 100,000 producers now in the United States, and um, of course, the size of the flocks are from five to 5,000, so the, the diversity in our industry is probably the highest of any protein. Um, we're very proud that we have the premier fiber and the premier protein, in our opinion, of, of the animal industry. And um, we just have lots of enthusiasm and lots of diversity. Definitely. You know, and let's, let's dig into that diversity just a little bit, you know, because I think it's so interesting that, you know, you have the wool side of things, you have the meat side of things, and actually even in Wisconsin, there's a little start on the dairy sheep side of things. You know, let's talk about that diversity of the industry and what you're seeing as some trends. 
Oh my gosh, um, I'm just thinking about Wisconsin. I'm thinking of Dr. Dave Thomas and one of the one of the premier geneticists. Um, and um, so Wisconsin has a has a, a great heritage in the sheep industry. Um, the diversity is is amazing. We have intensive operation and extensive operations, and uh, the number of people that have decided to. Um, Go all pasture, go all housed. Um, of course, in, you know the traditional uh, model of using um, grazing in the in the western states. Um, so it's, I, I just I can't even talk enough about the diversity because it's amazing. Definitely, you know, and, and I actually was just got done talking to the lamb board about the demand for lamb right now. You know, let's talk a little bit about that, and you know what maybe that would be pushing producers to do. Maybe I don't know if they're expanding or if more people are looking to get into the sheep industry or kind of where things are at. You know, as, as our as our people in agriculture decide to diversify a bit, sheep is a natural. Um, um, they go well with cattle. Uh, the demand for lamb, as you've talked to the American Lamb Board, is up which we're just so thrilled about. Um, the millennials have decided that it's a really fun product. And as many of us stayed home the last year and a half, they learned to cook lamb. It's not difficult, but it was, you know, something new for them. And um, it's, it's just been really positive. But, but for me, uh, why people should get into the sheep industry is because we're only filling 50% of the demand. And um, so the opportunities out there are phenomenal. Now, let's talk about, you know, the wool side of things. Obviously, there's a lot of different fibers that are used in industry for consumers. You know, let's talk about why wool is a great one for consumers. And, you know, has we see a demand for the meat. Do we see a demand for wool as well? You know, we do see a demand for wool, um, especially for those uh, layer, the athletic clothing that has now gone to that very fine merino wool that um, you can have it next to your skin. Um, Lots of people have have found that and discovered it. The problem is we've had some trade issues, as we all know, the last couple years. And um, we so our, our wool market is down. Um, hope we're, we're hoping that it'll come back, um, but the demand for that very fine wool is still out there, still very high. And, and again, people don't want to have plastic clothing. They want clothing that is recyclable, you know, that is, is, helps with carbon issues, and, and that's wool. Let's, you know, dig into that sustainability touch on, on the lamb side of things and maybe some things that the lamb industry is doing as far as sustainability or, you know, why the lamb or wool or those kind of things are a good choice for people if they're looking for a more sustainable option. Well, wool is amazing. You know, people are even using wool pellets now in, in their gardening to retain water because it, 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 it just goes right back into the soil. Um, it, it's uh, the attributes of wool are endless. And and if you care about the environment, like I do, I just wouldn't even consider another fiber. You know, I, I think wool is, you know, it, it, it recycles. It's it's just good for everything. Now, let's talk a little bit about, you know, do we have enough producers across the United States that are meeting the demands for this, you know, increased lamb demand and I guess for any wool demand that's out there? You know, do we have enough producers? Do they have enough volume? Or is that something we maybe are struggling with a little bit? We're struggling. We, we, we're only meeting 50% of the demand for lamb. And um, so I, struggling may not be 
quite the right term because prices are high and, and people are, are feeling good about being in the sheep industry. But um, there's opportunities galore out there um, as people discover um, lamb and as people rediscover wool. Um, I think um, it, it's endless. And I just came off of a young entrepreneur's tour, and, and the optimism among people your age is endless. They are not pessimistic at all. You know, we do have predator issues. We do have parasite issues um, that always, but we do not have pessimism. So um, it's great industry to be a part of. Now, let's talk about, I guess, some of those markets that are open, you know, for lambs. Maybe if if people are just a smaller scale looking to get bigger, maybe someone that's not in it, maybe a different different type of livestock but would want to get into raising sheep. What kind of markets are out there? What kind of, you know, I guess, premiums can you capture for selling meat, for selling wool, those kind of things? I, I hate to keep using the word diversity, but we there is just a tremendous diverse market. We have a... Uh, what we call the traditional market, where they're looking at a large lamb that could be used in white tablecloth operations. Then we have the non-traditional, which we we typically will call the ethnic market. And that's a market for a whole carcass, and it's a much smaller lamb. Um, And and there's demand for, for all of that. And then you open up the farmer's markets and the direct-to-consumer markets, and those folks want a variety. Some people want the larger lamb. Some people want the whole carcass, smaller lamb. Um, So what you need to do as a producer is say, look, this is the market that I want to meet, and then you find the sheep that has the genetics to meet that market, and tremendous variety. Now, let's talk, I guess, too, about, you know, from a consumer side of things, what advantages, you know, you say some people are buying a whole carcass, which a lamb is a lot smaller than a hog or a steer. You know, what are some of the advantages, I guess, to that and, and marketing it that way as well? Well, out east, there's there's a market in the non-traditional market for whole carcasses to go directly to a butcher shop. But for the the individual person to, to buy a lamb, you know, to put in your freezer is just, you know, that's gold as far as I'm concerned because uh, we we try to have lamb in our freezer, you know, year round. And uh, so, um, and, and the cuts of lamb now that uh, people are, are experimenting with, it goes way beyond lamb chops. And uh, it's just it's just such a positive thing. And, and I guess the thing I feel the best about is is the people between the ages of 20 and 40 are have just embraced lamb and have embraced wool and so our future is very very bright sure. you know i guess one final thing let's talk about the future you know obviously it's if we could all predict the future that'd be great you know it'd make things a lot easier but you know where do you see things going for the future or maybe some things that the lamb or the sheep industry will have to do to continue to stay relevant to continue to you know keep that demand up for consumers well on a serious note labor is an issue for us and um, we were the first organization to work to have an h2a program and we've got to do something about immigration. And so that's why we work in Washington, D.C. on a daily basis. We, we feel very positive about the people that, that help us, the, our herders um, out west. Uh, public lands is an issue that we have to stay on top of. Predators are an issue that we have to stay on top of. Um, and that's why we fight 
for our issues in Washington, D.C., and that's what our organization does, ASI. So. Well, here with Susan Schultz, part of the American Sheep Ministry, talking about the relevance of meat and wool in the consumer marketplace and some of the things that they're doing to continue that relevance. From the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Aaron Zimmerman. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. The best soybeans in Wisconsin just got even better. The next generation of Enlist E3 soybeans are here and available now from Dairyland Seed. We're talking unique genetics, only available in Cordova brand products, an improved agronomic package, including better tolerance to white mold and more yield potential with proven performance in research trials. Make the better choice with next-gen Dairyland Seed brand Enlist E3 soybeans. Visit DairylandSeed.com or contact your local Wisconsin dealer to learn more. You know what makes car buying unpleasant? The pressure. The absolutely out-of-control, uncomfortable pressure. You know what causes that? Salespeople. Salespeople on a commission, pushing you into a car they want to sell you. Bergstrom Automotive got rid of that. All of that. When you come into any Bergstrom Automotive location in Madison or Middleton, you're a guest. You'll be met by one of their advisors. Whether you pick the most expensive car on the lot or a discount used car, their advisors get paid the same. Bergstrom advisors know that the only thing they have to do is listen to you and help you find the right car. And if for some reason you don't find the perfect vehicle, they'll shake hands and hope you come back again. But pressure? No, never. The better way is at Bergstrom. BergstromAuto.com. Join the Bergstrom Auto Family. Tom Spitz and David Fink of Settlers Bank. We make it easy to access the bankers you know. Bankers who listen to your goals. Then offer expert advice and solutions that simplify even the most complex financial matters. Virtually or in person, we're here when you need us. To learn more, stop by or visit SettlersWI.com. Settlers Bank, timely decisions, people you know. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. She's sweeter than a glass of chocolate milk and louder than a morning rooster. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Well, that is one thing about clear mornings like this. Maybe outside of the wind, you can hear things all over the place. It is still out there. But uh, like we said, wind is the word for this morning. Time for our ag weather update. Stumacher Ag Meteorologist joining us. And like I said, it the air is, you know, there's no humidity out there. It's crystal clear. With the exception of the wind, uh, you can hear barn doors trying to open this morning you know what i'm saying oh absolutely and uh, equipment not too happy to start because it's gotten cooler again yeah you're sure hoping that you would have plugged it in last night or done something to be proactive and that's going to pop up all around the barn today those are some perfect examples though and this uh this cold front is not going away anytime soon no, the cold air is really settling in and, in fact, going to get even colder overnight and stay that way for the day tomorrow. The cold front itself has dropped south. It's right on the southern edge of the state today and extending up into the northeast states, and that's where there's more snow. Our snow, not done, but some scattered light snow or a few flurries may linger in the area. Absolutely hard to measure. I had a couple of comments about if it's only an inch or two, that's amazing. I'm seeing official reports in so far 
two rivers up in Manitowoc County, up in the Lakeshore, only an inch, and Mosinee up around Wausau, two and a half inches. That's what I have so far officially. Your results absolutely may vary, and with the blowing and drifting and places it's added up, like right against my back door, it seems like we had a whole lot more snow than that. But we do expect a cold and chilly day today. Winds aren't going to be all that strong. I mean, gusts up to 10, maybe 15 miles per hour, but putting those wind chills this morning around 5, and in some cases even near 10 below, that's a chilly start to the day. Now, high pressure is going to edge in, and it's more likely that we can we end talking about snow, if not late today, certainly just into the evening in the eastern part of the state, and then the skies clear out a bit more. Sunshine, boy, that sounds nice, but a sunny, cold, and chilly day is in store for Friday. We start to see a little moderation Saturday, but that's ahead of just a small possibility of some snow, and especially way to our south on toward late Saturday or Saturday night. There'll be a little cold air building in behind that. Is there any good news? I've seen extended guidance now that indicates next week on through the middle of the month, we stand a better chance to see normal or even somewhat above normal temperatures. So I do expect things to moderate, sounding more pleasant as we look on toward next week. In fact, into the upper 20s, maybe a 30 or so. That really sounds pretty nice as we look toward the middle part of December, middle part of January. I'll have forecast details right after this. Farmers understand return on investment. They understand the power and the value of the sun. Cameron Olson, owner of Olson Solar Energy. This is just another opportunity for them to look for that power and that value. It's a business decision. Everything that farmers do and don't do on their land and their with their property is money. <laughs> so one of the things that I heard one farmer say, it's a crop that I am yielding. <laughs> uh, instead of harvesting corn on this little section, he's harvesting sunlight to make electricity. You should reach out to us, and we will come out there for a very specialized, specific quote for you to look at your farm. We can put solar anywhere. We can put it on a barn. We can put it on the ground. We can put it on a hill. (laughs) So we can put it anywhere that makes sense to you and your farm and your situation. And then once we design that, even powering your whole farm, you can harvest enough sunlight to have a $0 energy bill. Go to OlsonSolarEnergy.com to start saving. Go green, save green with Olson Solar Energy. All righty, Stu, this is the way we're going to have it for the foreseeable future. Everybody's finding their winter gear, but quick, give us a little picture. Is it going to bounce up any time today that'll make it feel a little bit better if we got to be outside? Yeah, not a great deal today. Sorry about that, Pam. In fact, mostly cloudy. Some flurries or just a little light snow ending from west to east through the day. Eastern Wisconsin could see a flurry yet this evening. Oh, I expect that uh, we do hold on to temperatures only in the low double digits, you know, 10 to 12 or so. And winds out of the northwest about 5 to 10. Wind chills through the day still 5 below or a bit colder. Overnight, clouds, it starts to clear in western Wisconsin. There's a wind chill advisory in western Wisconsin, 9 p.m. tonight till 9 a.m. tomorrow. The wind chill advisory from south to north, Green, Iowa, Sauk, Juneau, Jackson, Clark counties, and all areas west. So that wind chill advisory in the west, of course, overnight, we do get colder, and by Friday, 
Back to some sunshine, very low double digits with northwest winds at 5. By Saturday, partly sunny, a bit nicer, mid-20s. South winds fire up a bit, 5 to 15, gusting to 30. We cool it off again for Sunday, Pam, and then next week is when that more mild air returns. Maybe a 30 by midweek sounds awfully mild. Boy, doesn't it? (laughs) It's amazing how quickly that looks good to us. All right, Stu, sounds good. We'll catch up with you tomorrow and see what kind of lows we do touch out at today. Absolutely. Have a great day. Stumach, our ag meteorologist, with your details. And, you know, like you said this morning, I'm already seeing those wind chills in western Wisconsin. Uh, La Crosse has got somewhere in the neighborhood of 11 below as far as a wind chill to get started this morning. So take extra care, especially if the kids are headed to the bus this morning. All right. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Wiseway Flooring's budget-friendly pricing beats the big box store every day. Wiseway stocks flooring by the pallet and the roll to get you better pricing. Our cash and carry discount saves you even more for a beautiful do-it-yourself floor. I'm Mike Yenser at Wiseway Flooring, inviting you to visit our showroom in Watertown, Lake Mills, and Economwalk. See how our product pricing might be the right thing for you. Commercial or residential, the wise have it. Log on to INeedFlooringNow.com. Imagine a brand new maintenance-free look for your home's exterior. Have Prairie Exteriors show you options like architecturally designed siding, which can give you the look of cedar without the worry of woodpeckers or painting. Improve the look and value of your property with one of the area's highest rated exterior companies, Prairie Exteriors. Prairie Exteriors, now that's impressive. PrairieExteriors.com Picture in your mind the amount you want to earn at your job. Cardinal Glass in Mazomani will help turn that number into your reality. Competitive pay with overtime available and monthly profit sharing means you can earn what you desire. When you work at Cardinal Glass in Mazomani, your career is world class so you can live first class. Cardinal Glass in Mazomani is now hiring production associates and maintenance. 401k, medical, dental, vision, advancement opportunities, and more. Apply today at cardinalglassmazo.com. What have we here? Crackers. At least I think they are. They're in a cellophane wrapper. There are two of them. Crackers always travel in pairs. They snap like crackers. Crumble like them, too. Nine out of ten cracker eaters would give them a positive ID. But these aren't crackers. Their dinner, Jim Krevix, for five days straight. There are people like Jim all across Madison. And because the need is there, so are we. This year, we'll supply people like Jim over $950,000 in food through Dane County's busiest food pantry. Just one part of the more than $1.4 million in clothing, shelter, furniture, and other goods and services we provide. We're St. Vincent de Paul helping our neighbors in need. Escape the madness and hit the snowy, snowy slopes at Tyrol Basin. With Mother Nature and massive snow-making equipment on your side, all the runs are open with thousands of pounds of that champagne powder you just love to cut through. 
It's the perfect place for all levels of skiing and snowboarding. And perhaps you're not too sure about skis and snowboards. Well, Tyro Basin's got that covered. Grab your friends and check out the gigantic snow tubing hill and have an absolute blast this winter season. From the family-friendly snow tubing and beginner slope options to the more challenging runs for the highly experienced. It's all right here at Tyrol Basin. Change your winter experience forever. It's an exhilarating breath of fresh air. Escape the madness. Hit the snowy slopes and join the Tyrol Basin family. Just minutes from Madison near Mount Horeb. For details on hours and pricing, visit TyrolBasin.com. Attorney John Rihala with Clifford and Rihala. At Clifford and Rihala. We have the experience you need to help you after any kind of collision. We help people who have been seriously injured, ranging from pedestrians hit crossing the street, people rear-ended by semi-trucks, to victims of drunk driver crashes. No matter how you've been injured, our experienced and skilled attorneys will help you get your maximum recovery. And very importantly, we also know how to protect that recovery. At Clifford and Rihala, we understand that many issues can come up after a settlement is reached. If those issues aren't handled carefully, an injury victim can lose money. Don't let that happen to you. Call Clifford and Rihala. For relentless dedication to helping you and your family, choose Clifford and Rihala, hard-working, skilled attorneys fighting for you. For justice, myjustice.com. The series against Ohio State is canceled this weekend yeah. due to COVID. Stop me if you ever heard that before. COVID stopped something. Uh, that's against Ohio State, so let's postpone. Um, they'll wait till next weekend. But we got to talk. Badgers came off of their little break, and they won the freaking holiday faceoff. Yeah, yeah they had some positive uh, momentum going there, too. I mean, it's too bad getting back into the Big Ten swing of things. and you get and, a trophy. Yeah, they had a little hardware, which was good. It was good. Like We, we talked about it before leading into the break. Let the kids get away, let them study and do their final exams, and then have a little fun, get back to the fun of the game, because we all know that they are amateurs, after all. And then for them to win the first uh, getting back to uh, this Milwaukee tournament, this holiday tournament, and they did it in great fashion. I mean, they did it in overtime and shootouts and stuff like that. So it was the first year doing it. and They had to come from behind, too, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah, in the championship game. Good job, Ebo. What did R and D department? That's true. That's research department's always keeping me on my toes. <laughs> yeah. All right. So yeah, it's nice to restart and then have a trophy and build something off. But then Ohio State gets canceled because of the freaking Rona, dude. So yeah, or postponed. Sorry. And then January 14, 15, they got Michigan State. So I mean, we'll we'll talk about that a little later. But Barry, you were watching um, um, the halt. What was the? I can't remember the name. Research department's going to kill me. The professionals. One of those negative nine. Winter classic. Yeah, winter oh, classic. Thank you, RJ. Yeah, winter classic. Yeah. What's the coldest you've ever played in? Was the Richter Pond ever get down that It was that probably cold? negative 10, but it wasn't a game. It was yeah. just pond hockey. But you used to have, you go, we used to go uh, hang out in the Warmy House. That's what it was, was called, where you just sort of you walk in and they had the heat on and then it could go warm up a little bit. And then he went out and played some pond hockey and then he went back in. But it was just. Is it ever too cold on the ice? 
No, if you if you if you bundle up, as long as you're moving, you're good. The wind is the factor. The wind is the factor, right? But it looked really cold. I don't know if you saw that game, but they well, the they guys had the like beards, the were like snowmen out there. Yeah, <laughs> they were frosted and everything, and they it looked really really cold. So, you ever played an outside game like that? Like professional? We did, we did on uh, after I I finished. We played against the Minnesota alumni. So Badger alumni against Minnesota alumni on. Uh, over in Stillwater. Really? I think on the St. Croix. The St. Croix and Stillwater, that the river right there? Yeah, so it was awesome. It. They had it all planned out, boards, everything. It was uh, It's Hockey Day in Canada or in Minnesota over there, and we played. Isn't uh, every hockey, everyday hockey alumni. day there? It was great. We played against alumni. It was awesome. That's awesome. Good rivalry. Nagy, what's up, dude? What up? All right, I'm going to start the rumor. Bill Nagy is coming out of retirement. <laughs> he has put his name in to be offensive line coach for the Wisconsin Badgers as Joe Rudolph has uh, gone to Virginia Tech. He just to told me off. He yeah, just told me off air. Mm-hmm. He said, "Don't say anything." I said, "I gotta." Yeah. Is that true? I don't think I'd get an interview. <laughs> <laughs> the you, ship sailed. You man. were with Paul Chris at Pitt, weren't you? I was. Yeah, and I, I coached under Rudy at Wisconsin for a year. Too. You got an yeah. in. I had on. It's here's the deal. Here's the deal. They're they're in a really really darn good spot with Bostad on staff. Yeah, that's like, like, you have one of the best in the business. That's the as theory, a linebacker right? coach. He's yeah, he's going to take over the reins. Is that like the theory? It, then, would, it would be hard to see somebody else come in. Um, I don't know who would even be available. Now, did, was this a, a shock to see Joe Rudolph to kind of make a lateral move to Vatek? Is it a shock or is it like a? I think it's always a shock when there's a lateral move away yeah. from a program. I think there's more to the story but i also know that rudy has been on that staff and he's been coaching with paul since 2008 as a tight ends coach 2009 maybe Mm -hmm. yeah so you got to think he was a tight ends coach then he moved to Pitt with paul he's coached under paul at wisconsin for the last couple years and i think it's just a crossroads for him right and if there was going to be if there was going to be a a coach in waiting, who would that be right now? Who you just were talking about? It's either Jim him Leonard. or him or Jim Leonard. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I, I like I said, there may be more to this story, but I also know um Rudy cares more about the program than or near everybody, and he's almost loyal maybe to a fault. Sure. Because I think he might have passed up some really good opportunities yeah. too. And, Rowdy, you had mentioned something, uh, I think, yesterday about bringing like a, a different vision, a different voice. Like, uh, do, do you want to tell Bill what you were saying yesterday? Yeah, like, I thought for offensive coordinator, because Paul Christ, a lot of people, it's been back and forth with who's calling plays and, oh, it's getting kind of stale. But then at times you see that it's still successful. Bringing in like a younger O.C., not necessarily from like an air raid type offense, but a different type of offense just to bounce ideas off of each other and, and like new blood in the room. Absolutely. And I think that was a part of, you know, Rudy's decision. I think he knew that he couldn't give that to the program and he cares so much about it to where it just made sense to say, Hey, with me here, it's what it is. Right. Yeah. And I think the light bulb just went off. If your workout includes baling hay and pitching pens, then you'll be comfortable right here. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Well, that workout might help keep you warm today across the state of Wisconsin. We've got a lot of wind chill advisories in effect. In fact, temperatures could dip to 25 below because of that wind chill. So definitely exercise caution if you've got to be outside taking care of livestock or just doing anything today. I'm Pam Youngke. Here's what's happening in farm and food news for a Thursday. Well, today is the sixth day of January. Where can we begin? 
On this day in 1907, Maria Montessori opened her very first school. Now, Montessori schools are still around today in about 30,000 schools nationwide. They say the real difference you'll notice with Montessori schools are that the kids stay with the same teacher for multiple years, and they really don't have a lot of necessarily structure within the classroom. Kids are allowed to express themselves, and the teacher adapts to the student's style. Marie Montessori opened her first school this day back in 1907. On this day in 1963, Mutual of Omaha's Wild Kingdom debuted. It was on NBC, and Marlon Perkins was the very first host. Hands in the air for any of you uh, youngsters with graying hair that remember Marlon Perkins and Mutual of Omaha's Wild Kingdom. I think I watched it Saturday nights on the farm and loved it. And here's one for our buddies up in La Crosse. On this day in 1824, Gottlieb Heilmann was born in Germany. Obviously, he eventually moved his way to Milwaukee. Then he made his way in 1857 to La Crosse, started working at a brewery there, formed a partnership that ended up establishing the City Brewing Company. And then in 1871, he basically took over sole ownership of that brewery, renamed it the G. Heilman Brewing Company, and headed it up until his death in 1878. There you go. Now you know some of the historical highlights for January 6th. Time to talk grain sales with the folks from Alcivia Cooperative. And if you drive around, you might see some new grain bins out there as there's uncertainty about uh, how those grain sales should happen. And as we go forth into 2022, and Pam, what did you find from the leadership at Alcivia in this area? Well, you're right, Bob. There is a lot of uncertainty, and that's really what Alcivia is about, trying to help you with your strategies. This is the Alcivia Co-op Talk, and I'm visiting today with Beth Helding. She is one of the grain marketing specialists with Alcivia, and uh, they are focused in on making sure you're prepared when that market hits a high and protecting you from those market lows. I focused in with Beth first on uh, who she's trying to court here when it comes to talking strategy. Beth Helding is of the belief that there are plenty of bushels still sitting out on farms across Wisconsin that need to have a game plan for 2022. You know, I think so. I think that there are producers out there that remember January of last year when uh, the market had started to rally or had continued to rally. And there's producers that didn't want to miss out this year after selling a lot of their bushels um, out of harvest in 2019. And so while we understand, uh, we'd just like you to have a price target in mind and put in a price order um, that you would let those bushels go because a lot of times uh, marketing can get pretty emotional and it's, it's hard to pull the trigger in the middle of a rally. Well, but it's sure easy to kick ourselves if we miss something by a penny or two. Let's talk a little bit about the tools that you have at Alcivia that can help them get those safety prices in play uh, when the market does rise to that level. Absolutely. You can sit down with a grain marketing specialist, look over your options for delivery as well, decide when it is convenient for you and when you would like to deliver that grain. You put a price order in that you would like to sell your grain at. And with these wide swings in the market of 10 to 15 cents still, in a given um, trading period, you might realize that your order would have been hit 
um, and at some point during the trading period, and and this way you don't have to watch the market all day long. You can have it in there, um, be comfortable moving on with your day, um, knowing that you've got a plan in place. Yeah, because, you know, as somebody that watches the markets as part of my job, boy, you may only hit that sweet spot for a split second. And if you guys already have that order in, at least it's fulfilled. Correct. And, and again, you can go about your day. Um, farming is is a busy job. And so um, if you've got an idea of where uh, you would have covered your risk and um, made some margin, um, we, we have to have a goal in mind for, for what would make us happy because there can always be that one more penny, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and there may not be. And so at some point, we have to be done with this marketing year and move on to the next. And you can hold on to a few bushels just to play around with if you want to. Uh, however, um, we're, we're farming to make money. And at some point, let's move on and start worrying about the 22 crop. Beth Heldings along with us. She's a grain sales leader for Alcivia. Tell me a little bit about the questions that you ask producers when they come in and are ready to try to put this tool in place, Beth. So your grain sales specialist will sit down and look at your break-even cost per acre and um, what your overall production will be. We'll step in and make increment, small incremental sales. So we're not making, making large commitments at one time. Um, we'll make sure that we're setting price targets that are profitable for you and that you can confidently make sales at and um, focus on risk management. And if, if for some reason, if for some reason we decide that we've got cold feet completely, uh, nothing ventured, nothing gained, I'm still all right to pull my positions? Absolutely. Absolutely. You can give us a call if, if something changes and you would like to pull those positions. That is always an option. And you'll get a phone call from us when your position is filled, and we'll decide uh, what the game plan is next if you want to put in another, another offer that you're comfortable with. You know, baby step it. That's the other thing, Beth. I'm assuming, like you said, if I've never tried this kind of a tool before, baby step it. Just try a few bushel and get comfortable. You know, that's the thing is that marketing is such an emotional experience and those big swings that happen in, in, a, in a trading period. How do you know when to pull the trigger, right? Um, if, you're market, if you're watching the markets on a daily basis. The trick is to get your order in before those things happen so that you're not forced to make um, maybe a knee-jerk reaction to the market and you can um, just find more comfort in your marketing experience. Absolutely. You're just a busy signal away from missing that opportunity that you were thinking about on your own. Why not partner with the grain marketers at Alcivia and make sure that you've got that position covered when the market hits your numbers. Beth Helding along with us. She's one of those grain sales leaders ready to help you with your grain marketing plan for 2022. Find more at allcivia.com. And that is our Alcivia Co-op Talk. Overlook Farms. Hello, sir. Do you have a minute to chat about the beef jerky of the month? A minute? 
I've got hours. What? Because Ingenia Herbicide from BASF has the lowest use rate, I covered more soybean acres more efficiently. If now's not a good time... Thanks to Ingenia Herbicide, I've got plenty of time. What flavors you got? Oh, we've got barbecue, jalapeno... Ingenia Herbicide is a U.S. EPA-restricted-use pesticide. Every application of Ingenia Herbicide requires the use of a pH-buffering adjuvant. Additional state restrictions may apply. Always read and follow label directions. Well, we had another robust day yesterday as far as dairy product prices were concerned. Barrel cheese on Wednesday gained another seven and a quarter cents to one eighty-seven and a quarter. Forty-pound block cheese was up a nickel at two o six and a half, and that double A butter just keeps climbing. It was up another six cents yesterday at two seventy-one a pound. Now, despite that good news, in overnight electronic trade this morning, all of our commodities are a little bit lower right now. March corn's down four at five ninety-eight. March beans. Are are down 20 at 13.74 March and July wheat currently down about 8 at 7.53 and even the fluid milk contracts are a little slipped up this morning February milk is down 20 cents right now at 22.15 a hundredweight but March closed 31 cents higher at 21.75 a hundredweight by the way Dow Jones industrial average at least right now up about 16 points Boy, this dairy complex is intriguing, isn't it? And it's also a little bit alarming. Imagine if you're a baker. Imagine if you're somebody that uses a lot of butter, a lot of dairy inputs for your goods. Tell you what, cost on those goods has got to go up when you're seeing these kinds of near historical prices for things like butter. We're talking about it next. Andy Fallman, one of the broker analysts with EverAg out of Chicago, joining us live for his perspective on what's happening in the dairy complex. Stick around for that on a chilly this Thursday. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. You know what makes car buying unpleasant? The pressure. The absolutely out-of-control, uncomfortable pressure. You know what causes that? Salespeople. Salespeople on a commission, pushing you into a car they want to sell you. Bergstrom Automotive got rid of that. All of that. When you come into any Bergstrom Automotive location in Madison or Middleton, you're a guest. You'll be met by one of their advisors. Whether you pick the most expensive car on the lot or a discount used car, their advisors get paid the same. Bergstrom advisors know that the only thing they have to do is listen to you and help you find the right car. And if for some reason you don't find the perfect vehicle, they'll shake hands and hope you come back again. But pressure? No, never. The better way is at Bergstrom. BergstromAuto.com. Join the Bergstrom Auto Family. When we say we're the concrete producing company that contractors rely on, it's because they know we produce our own superior ready-mix products that endure the Wisconsin elements, and our family stands behind the long-lasting performance. Add one of our unique products to your next project. The concrete producing company, the contractors rely on advanced concrete. 
producing concrete foundations to maintain concrete relationships. You could go to Chicago to hear about the Board of Trade, but isn't it easier to listen to Pam Yonke? This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Boy, I tell you, in the state of Wisconsin, for many dairy farmers, uh, food processors, agribusiness people, the conversation lately has focused all in on what's going on with the dairy complex. And that includes a lot of busy brokers at this time of the year. Joining us this morning, analyst and broker with EverAg, Andy Fallman. Uh, You know, I, I can't take my eyes off the dairy complex through the course of the day, Andy. I mean, we're in record breaking territory. And when it comes to consumer goods, things that we touch and use every day like butter, man, going out at 271 a pound yesterday, it's got to be catching industry attention everywhere. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Good morning and uh, Happy New Year. I appreciate having me. Um, yeah, there's no two ways about it. I mean, we were just we were so sideways for a while there in butter and then really to start the year, it's just it's off of the bank. The other day, I think it was up 16 cents. Yesterday, it was about another nickel. I mean, so you're now less than 30 cents away from $3 a pound, where for a while there, we, we were struggling to get over $2 a pound. I think a lot of it has to do with, you know, what we're seeing. It's not, it's not just, it's, it's, it's on farm, but it's also cost of doing business, I think is a big piece of it. But also, too, I think we're starting to see, you know, we're, we're catching up into the international space. You know, when you, when you talk to the average milk producer, I think the, the average cost of doing business is about 20 bucks. Uh, give or take. And, you know, you're starting to see that, I think, in the in the supply of milk, but also too, you know, you're just, you're seeing the cost of doing business, labor shortages, um, you know, fuel, all that. It's, it's, it's not just, it's not just feed, but it's, it's things that are not only impacting the farm, but also to those that produce and manufacture butter. Well, you know, the cost of doing business, Andy, to your point, is one thing, Trying to cover those costs is not always something the market reveals. There's got to be demand out there. I mean, even at this price, we're making sales. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, what's, what's interesting about this, too, is that when you go back and look in history, um, you know, we have not been a, a major exporter of butter to places like, you know, like the Middle East, Russia, countries that are very you know, dependent on the oil-producing nations. And what's interesting about it is you go back and look at like 2013, 2014, you know, back when you, you had crude oil prices, I believe, call it like around 80 bucks a barrel. You know, those those places were they were they were heavy importers of butter. And, you know, since then, we were never really around that price. You know, we after after call it like 2014, you know, crude and these energy prices broke down and we just never really looked back. But now since, you know, with all this really it's been it's, it's global inflation, right? CPI is 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 what a thirty year high, um, you know that like you have, I, I believe you have folks like that that are starting to come to the table that we just haven't seen purchase you know butter, and you know when it we've got some cash they're going to spend it. Is but is that a a consumption trend? I mean, uh, trying to tie butter to the price on oil is a stretch for some of the audience, including me, Andy. I mean, do those people just suddenly have the palate? For butter, I think it's a it's a question of having the the, the disposable income. You know, I, I think in, in a lot of that's part of the world. Like butter is considered a luxury good. At least that's what I've been told. And you know, like when you start to again, when you start to have some of that excess cash, you know, I think the, like those are things that you start to see them import. And again, you go back and look at the data. I mean, when 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 prices for those energies that they were selling, 
specifically crude is what I looked at. But you know, when it was when it was around eighty bucks a barrel, they were significant importers of this product. Interesting. Andy Fallman's well, along with us. He's one of the market analysts that uh, is a part with EverAg out of Chicago. I don't want to. I don't want to. Didn't mean to cut you off, Andy. I do want to stay on this butter trend and what's happening with the dairy complex. Let's let's provide that. Yes, there's inflation. Yes, there's volatility out there. I I don't want to get into policy. I really don't. But I am kind of curious. The recent announcement that the United States has won maybe a temporary break from some Canadian restrictions on getting dairy into that space. Has that got a little people, a few people amped up as well about potential? I think so. I think so. And I think the, you know, I I kind of touched briefly on, you know, our internal cost of doing business, but I think around the globe, you're just seeing a a consistent decline in, in just production. Right. And then I think there's going to be some policy that comes up, you know, comes down the line around the world too, you know, with respect for milk producers being able to actually produce milk and, and, and you know, with like water rights, for example, and I believe like the Netherlands and New Zealand. Um, but, you know, something I did want to touch on is, is what we're seeing around the globe with respect to milk production. And, you know, uh, Matt Gold, internally, our analyst, um, you know, he put it to me really well. And if I could just echo his comment, you know, he said it's, it's hard for prices to decline when it costs too much money to make a pound of milk in the United States and they're not making enough milk around the globe, especially in Europe. You know, you think about some of those places that I mentioned that are looking for, you know, coming to us potentially to look for butter, you know, they typically go to Europe first, right? And you're seeing, you know, basically Europe in a nutshell, seeing consistent decline in their milk production. A lot of them, just, they, just, they just don't have the milk. They don't have the milk to produce the product. So they have to go elsewhere. And we've been a pretty consistent uh, discount to the rest of the globe in terms of price. In some cases, a pretty steep discount, too. And I believe at one point, cheese was, oh gosh, you know, if you looked at like the barrel, for example, the last GDT, I believe, printed about $2.48 a pound uh, for cheese. And, you know, the barrel, for example, you know, to start the week was at $1.71. I mean, you're talking about nearly, you know, what is that, 80 plus cents discount? Mm-hmm. That's a significant discount for us to be at. I mean, when you're talking about, I, now, the rule of thumb that I was told in terms of an export space, when you start talking about 25 to 30 cents discount, we, we get competitive. You know, I know there's been logistical challenges, but, it, you know, our export data shows that we're getting food out the door. You know, it may not be toys that are, you know, that may be a challenge with logistics, right? Or, you know, things that aren't, you know, things that aren't, uh, you know, food necessities. Interesting points. Well, Andy, I tell you what, as usual, when I talk to you, we're running out of time, but I appreciate it. And obviously, I don't think this is a story that's going to change anytime soon. Andy Fallman along with us. Have a good one, my friend, and we'll catch up with you again soon. Appreciate the time. Thanks, Tim. Andy Fallman, again, one of the market analysts that's with EverAg uh, out of Chicago, multiple locations across the United States, taking care of the dairy industry when it comes to good advice in these kinds of volatile times. Don't forget, ever.ag is their website, and they'll get you in contact with any of the folks on staff if you're looking for risk management plans or want to find out a little bit more about those kinds of inputs. Stay warm, everybody. This 